We are currently in a series called The Ultimate Ghost Story, where we've been talking about what it means to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I have to tell you, I have been really looking forward to our time together this morning. God's just been stirring some things in my heart here over the last several days, and some things I want to share with you about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But uh, as we get started this morning, let me just share with you, you earlier in this series, I told you about a woman named Anna. This woman who introduced me to the Holy Spirit as a teenager. I was raised in a a small country church in Georgia and I knew a lot about Jesus and I knew a lot about victory in Jesus. But I didn't learn so much in those years what it meant as far as how to have victory in Jesus. How to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit that wouldn't just sustain, sustain me, but would guide me and would fill me and empower me to do the work of God in my life. And so this lady, Anna, she kind of introduced me to the Holy Spirit and she started to explain to me about what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I had this skeptical fascination, I would say, with the Holy Spirit for a number of years as a teenager where I was looking to be, uh, have some sort of an experience where I'd be filled with the, the fullness of God and be filled with the power of God in some way. And I kind of looked or hoped that something might happen. I didn't really know what to do with that. I didn't know, that I should, should I be praying for God to do that or what? But I just knew I needed something more, if you know what I mean, even as a teenager. And I didn't really know what to do with that. And I thought, you know, well, I have the Holy Spirit in my life. I mean, they taught me in Sunday school. I had the Holy Spirit. I received the Holy Spirit when I accepted Jesus into my life. And so I, I guess I have all that I need. And then I fast forward into my college years. In my college years, I left my faith for a time and started exploring other religions. Because honestly, I never felt a real experience with the Spirit in a way that cemented me. For, that, showed me that told me that God was real and that God was active and that God cared about me. So I, I kind of walked away from faith for, for a good while there during college and I started studying philosophy and other religions in, in college and I almost died one night of an alcohol overdose in college and all that stuff just kind of culminated when I, when I gave my heart back to Christ and I rededicated my life. I'm like, God, I don't feel anything. I'm not experiencing anything, but I, I know you're real. But even then, I remember being so thirsty for something more. I kept thinking, is, is this it? Is this what Christian faith is all about? We check the boxes, we go to church, we read our Bibles, we, we pray, we, we do all the stuff, and then we're somehow good? Is that, is that it? I was so hungry and thirsty in those days for for something more of God. I knew there had to be something more. I mean, we're serving a God who created all this. I remember at one point running into someone who was a part of a campus group named Zoe. Never forget it. Zoe was the name of the group. It was a uh, Zoe is a word in Greek which means life, but not life as in breathing, but I mean life as in genuine, active devoted, passionate. Um, So I remember going into that group and and kind of experiencing a little bit and realizing that these people in this group, they were different 
from others who I experienced who had been walking the Christian life. I mean, when I spent time with the people in Zoe, I saw that there was something real inside of them. Something that was something that I wanted, something that was attractive. I, I saw that they were living the Christian life in a way that wasn't defeated, that wasn't just kind of checking the boxes, but there was there was passion there. And I was like, I need that in my life. So I started spending time with them and I would go to their worship gatherings and looking for that passion or that fire to somehow get ignited inside of me. And one night I remember being filled with the Holy Spirit. I was so open, so thirsty for more of God. And he really made himself real to me at that time. And that, that experience back in 1991-92 really set my life on a different course. I realized that at that moment that, yes, faith is, Christian faith is more about believing certain things about God or being obedient to God. That there's life that I can have in His presence here today in a relationship with Him. And that experience led me to pray to be filled with more of His Spirit on a regular basis. When I would feel empty, when I would feel depleted, I would cry out to God and I would sense God filling me with His Spirit again. My relationship with God became closer and closer through that whole, through those experiences. And it prepared me to do what I do today. After years of struggling and searching and, and trying to walk in my own strength, this Christian walk, and thinking there's got to be something more, my faith came alive when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I have to share with you guys this morning, I'm not alone. There have been countless Christians in the world today and in centuries past, who, people who have accepted Christ, who received the Holy Spirit in their lives as an act of faith. But then there came these seasons of dryness, of emptiness, and this thirst arose again. And they would cry out for more of God, to be filled with His Spirit, and God would fill people Christians today and in the past with his Holy Spirit and empower them to live the Christian life in a way that it was meant to be lived. There is a damaging message out there about the Christian life today. It's one that I picked up on as a Christian and I still have times when I think these, these same thoughts. And that is that the Christian life is somehow all about me. It's all about how good I am. How faithful I am. How disciplined I am. How good I am at checking the boxes each day. How good I am at working my faith out. Like diet or exercise is to physical health. You know, praying or reading the Bible or going to churches. I thought was, that was what I, how I should see my spiritual health. And I mean, yeah, I mean, doing those things are helpful. But what I came to realize what is, was that a relationship with the Holy Spirit is what gives us life. It's what makes our spiritual lives come alive. The Holy Spirit gives us the abilities, the, the talents, to, the gifts to do what He calls us to do, as Charlie shared with us so beautifully last Sunday. And the Holy Spirit gives us this heart to know more about God. So many Christians live their lives day after day after day, relying on willpower rather than desire. 
rather than a thirst for the Holy Spirit. I wonder if that's where you've been at times in your spiritual life. If your walk with God has been all about checking the boxes and making sure you're doing what you're supposed to do and trying with your own strength to live out this Christian life. And it doesn't help, I believe, that there, some Christians, they try to explain away the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, maybe if you experience this, there are scriptures that talk about people praying and being filled with the Spirit. But yet, I remember hearing even as a kid, well, God doesn't do that kind of stuff anymore. The Holy Spirit doesn't work that way anymore. He, he did that in the days of the early church because they needed that. But now we have scripture. So we really don't need that. Like, we don't need the presence and the power of God anymore. So many Christians are so used to not experiencing the power and the presence of God that we, we assume that God doesn't want us to. Others, I have heard, think that those who are baptized or those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, that they're just looking for an emotional experience. And that that's really not what good Christians need. As if all the Holy Spirit is good for is just some kind of an emotional high. I'm here to tell you this morning, not just through personal experience, but through Scripture, that that isn't true. That is a lie. God doesn't want us to muscle our way through this Christian life, checking all the boxes, trying to do what's best, hoping that one day we're going to experience God's power, God's presence in its fullness. God is open, has opened that door to have, for us to have a relationship with him that not only can sustain us, but that can fill us each and every day. There are many people in this world today who are living a lackluster spiritual life, who are trying to muscle their way through this Christian faith, and they're missing out on the passion, on the joy, on the fire that comes from being filled with God's Spirit over and over again, every time it's needed. I want to share with you a little bit this morning about what that looks like from Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles today, I want to encourage you to join me there in Scripture, Acts chapter 2. Um, we're going to be looking at the story of this, of this time when God, that God had promised to send His Holy Spirit into the lives of believers. And this was the moment in Acts chapter 2 when that happens. And so we're going to learn what that experience was like. But we're going to also see how that experience that day changed everything. Not just for them, but even for us today, some 2,000 years later. We're going to see how that day opened the door for a relationship with God that was never before even possible. And how a relationship with the Holy Spirit can be as life-giving to you today as you want it to be. We're going to see today that God, please hear this this morning, God doesn't want to come into your life just once. He doesn't want to enter your life just one time. He wants to fill you with His Spirit every time that you are thirsty and that you ask. Acts chapter 2, I'm going to start in verse 1 here today. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. In your translations, it might say in one place and in one accord. And suddenly it says there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. 
and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, let me back up for a minute. This day of Pentecost, um, this was an annual festival that was originally known in the days of the Old Testament as the Feast of Harvest among the Jews. They would come together and they would celebrate this each year. They had been doing it since they were delivered from, from slavery in Egypt. It was kind of like their day of thanksgiving, as we will celebrate here in a few weeks, to thank God for His provision. And so th- these people had gathered from all corners of the known world. They were gathering in Jerusalem to, to celebrate God and to worship God and to thank God for providing for them once again as the harvest had come in. And they were meeting together and they were just worshiping God. And some of them, as I said, had come from really long distances. And there was this unity among them. I mean, the scriptures say here that they were in one accord. And there was this moment where God decided to bring the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit onto this group of people who were gathered that day. As Jesus had promised would happen several weeks before. The Holy Spirit shows up in a way, guys, that no one saw coming, right? This sound of wind came and it was so fierce. What we see from Scripture is that people could hear this sound all the way into town and they came running to this assembly place to see what in the world was going on. Let's look at verse 5. It says, At the same time there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by these believers. Now, Luke, who was the guy who wrote this, this book, the book of Acts, he was a physician. And I think it's kind of interesting to see how he tries to explain with his logical doctor mindset what in the world was going on here in this moment. I mean, he says, flames or tongues of fire appeared in the room and just settled on them. <laughs> That's a doctor's best way of explaining what in the world was going on in this moment. Now, through Jewish history, throughout Jewish history in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was equated with fire. And we see in the New Testament that when John the Baptist was baptizing people, encouraging people to repent of their sins, he was saying to them, there's someone who's coming and he is going to be anointed, he is going to be a Messiah, a Savior, and he is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And he was talking about Jesus. And they were, that, in that moment, as they were gathered there in Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they actually started speaking in other languages. Now, what was the significance of this? I mean, why in the world were they, you know, the Holy Spirit would come, why were they just all of a sudden speaking in languages they didn't know? Well, think about this for a moment. Think about the significance of this. All these people from all over the world had gathered in this place to worship God. And they were perhaps, they perhaps knew a little bit of Hebrew. Maybe they were trying to speak. Have you ever been to another country and tried to kind of navigate without knowing the language? I mean, these days we pull out our iPhones and we say, Hey Siri, tell me how to say this, right? Well, I mean, they didn't have Hey Siri back then. They were just trying to navigate and get by the best way they could. But all of a sudden, they're hearing God speak to them in their own language. 
And these people are running to this room thinking, what is this sound? What is this wind? What is this noise? And they're hearing their own native languages, that they, where, they, where they had come from, the, 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 the language that they identified with. And they're like, what in the world is this? I mean, they never experienced anything like this. I mean, and some of the naysayers are thinking, oh, this, <laughs> what is this? this? Is this some kind of parlor trick? Maybe this is gibberish. This, maybe they're just drunk. This can't be God. But Galatians 5 says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit includes self-control, not a lack of it. By the way, let me just pause here for a minute in this story and share something with you, something that you might perhaps have heard at times in the past, but I just believe with all of my heart isn't true. There are some people who will say, that, being, that speaking in other tongues or speaking in other languages is prescriptive here. That because on this particular day, God filled them with His Spirit and they started speaking in other languages, that that is the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. And if you aren't speaking in other languages that you don't know, that somehow you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. And let me just say to you, that was, that was the way God manifested Himself. That's the way the Holy Spirit manifested Himself on that day because there was a reason for it, Right? But that doesn't mean it was prescriptive. That doesn't mean that every time the Holy Spirit comes and fills you that you're going to be speaking other languages and if somehow that doesn't happen that you weren't filled with His Spirit. I want to encourage you guys this morning. I want you to know, yes, when you accept Christ into your life, you receive the Holy Spirit. But there are times when you need to be refilled. And praying to receive the Holy Spirit doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have some manifestation. Sometimes God's going to do things in your life that you don't expect. Sometimes he won't, but you can trust that when you ask for God to fill you with his spirit, he will do so. Now, in this situation, this particular day, they, ask, they are being filled with his Holy Spirit and they're speaking in other languages. And um, Peter steps up at this point. And he's been following Jesus closely, and he's been waiting for this day to come. He's, been, he's heard Jesus tell him, hey, just wait in Jerusalem. I'm going to be sending my Holy Spirit. Don't go anywhere until you have received the Holy Spirit. And so he's been waiting, and then the Holy Spirit comes and fills him. And he starts preaching. And I mean preaching. I mean, this guy, he's preaching circles around anyone else. I mean, 3,000 people come and accept Jesus as a result of his preaching that day. That's good preaching. And he's explaining to these Jews what's going on in this moment. And he's come, he's saying, guys, this is what God promised us some 800 years ago. This is what the prophet Joel prophesied was going to happen. That there was going to come this time uh, after the Messiah would come that, that God would fill us with his Holy Spirit. And so he said, this is the moment we've been waiting for. And this crowd who's gathered here and they're trying to make heads or tails of all this. They're like, Peter, what does this mean? I mean, what, are we, what should we do? What should be our next step here? And Peter says, repent. And accept Christ into your life. And then welcome, receive the Holy Spirit into your life. Now, if you look down at verse 39 what you'll see is that this gift of the Holy Spirit, this same gift is available for you. It's available for everyone who accepts Christ in their lives. Being filled with the Spirit, it says in verse, he said that day was for all generations and all peoples to come. 
Not just those who happened to live 2,000 years ago in Israel. Now, what's the purpose of all this? What's the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit like this? Is it just some neat show? Was it just a, a great story for them to tell their friends or their grandkids? No, Acts 1 says that God did this. God started filling or baptizing people with the Holy Spirit that day for, one specific, for two specific reasons. Number one, so that they would be filled and empowered to tell people about the love of Jesus everywhere. So that they wouldn't be relying on their own strength to be able to do what God had called them to do. But they would be empowered to do what they needed to do. To share Christ's love. And also it says in Galatians 5... The Holy Spirit came so that the fruit of the Spirit would be evidenced in our lives. The love and, and kindness and patience. The fruit of the Spirit. that we, Those things would grow in our lives more and more. As we accept Christ, there's, there's an act of faith that we take where we are baptized in water. And maybe for many of you, you've accept, maybe many of you have accepted Christ in your lives and you've been baptized in water. And what, you've, what we're told is that those waters of baptism, they, they bury us or they cleanse us from our past. But being baptized or being filled with the Holy Spirit empowers us for the present. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing. Please hear me. If that is all you get from today, please leave here knowing today. God didn't just want to fill you with his Holy Spirit one time. Yes, you received the Holy Spirit for the first time when you accepted Christ that day, if you have. But God wants to fill you with his Spirit over and over again. God doesn't just want to fill you once. But he wants to fill you every time that you are thirsty and you ask. Every time you ask God to to clear out the obstacles in your life, those things that tend to hold you back from experiencing more of Him, and you just cry out to God, as I did that day in the early 90s, God, I'm desperate. I want more of your Spirit, no matter what it takes. I mean, we see this happening in a number of places in the New Testament. We see this happening in Stephen's life. We see this happening in Paul's life, where they were filled more than once with the Holy Spirit. And the command of God, which in Ephesians 5.18, Paul is talking to the believers who were in Ephesus and to those who would receive his letter from in other towns as well. And he's telling them to be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, these are people who've already received the Holy Spirit. They've been pe- these are people who've been walking with God. Please hear me. But he's saying, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this verb that's used here, be filled, is the present continuous tense in other words he's saying to them be filled again and again over and over again with the holy spirit why yes thank you because we leak why why is it just receiving the holy spirit enough one time because the world is constantly pulling us away it's constantly causing us to do ungodly things in our lives. And the, the First Thessalonians says that the world has a way of dousing, of quenching the Holy Spirit in your life. Where you need to repent and to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. The best way I know to describe this to you is this. 
I've shared some. I've shared a little bit of this story with you before. My, I, I was raised in rural Georgia in a house that was built by God knows who. It's an old house. It was built over, over 160 years ago. It's been added on to multiple times by my parents and my grandparents. I mean, back in the 1960s, for instance, there was a screened-in front porch on one corner of this house, and my grandparents decided to to, to wall it in and make a bedroom out of it. And when my brother and I were being raised, we had that room. And that room uh, was kind of like on the, the far corner of the house. And when they walled it in, they, my grandparents put a, a gas heater in that room to kind of provide extra heat in the winter because it was kind of drafty a little bit, you know. And uh, so there was this gas heater there. And there was a pilot light that would have to be lit every fall around this time so that when the heat was needed... And the thermostat would kick it on. There would be gas there to light this fire. And I'll never forget as a kid. It was, it was kind of like it, it had this metal grating over it. And you really couldn't see what was inside. But you saw this little light. And it's not like little gremlins were in there or something. I remember as a kid. It's like, you know. And then when this thing would kick on, when the thermostat would kick it on, you would hear this whoosh. And as a kid, I'm like, whew, you know. And every fall when my dad would go light the pilot light, he's like, he would, he, sometimes he would encourage me to, he wanted to kind of teach me how to do these things. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm not touching that thing. That thing, I'm uncomfortable with that thing. I, you know, that thing is just this whoosh. I don't know, I'm afraid I'm going to stick my, stick a ladder in there and it's going to set my hand on fire or something. So I didn't want to touch it. But I want to share with you this morning, I think our spiritual lives are like that gas heater. For some of us, we had this, little pilot light of the Holy Spirit in us that we received when God first lit that thing when we accepted Christ. For some of us, it's just really tiny. The, the world and all the things that are going on in our lives has just kept that flame ever so small, but it's there. But then we can pray, we can develop this hunger and this thirst for more of God. And we can, be, we can pray to be filled with His Holy Spirit and what in essence happens is that thermostat kicks in and whoosh. In that moment, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in those moments, sometimes things happen that aren't expected. Sometimes things are happening that, that you might be a little uncomfortable with. But you know what? God tells us that we need, we, if, we are, if we're trusting Him as the giver of good gifts... That we can trust when we ask for him to fill us with his spirit. He's not going to give us something we don't need. He's not going to give us something that's going to harm us. He's only going to give us what we need. To live this Christian life the way it was meant to be lived. Some of us, we're pilot-like Christians. We've had that little flame with the Holy Spirit for a really long time. And God wants to light it and set it on fire. God wants to that whoosh to happen in our lives. He wants us to experience more of Him than we have in a really long time. Now, others of us, we're satisfied with a little pilot light. But I believe that there's some of you here today who want more than that. I believe that there's some of you here today and you're thirsty for more of God. We can be fearful of that flame and we can hold ourselves back or we can trust God and trust that he has only our good interests in mind. God wants us to be able to be empowered to live this Christian life well. 
There is a world outside these doors who need to know the love of God. Who need to find the peace of God when they turn on the television and all they see is junk. Every time they watch the news and they think the world's in chaos, they need to know that there's a peace from God that can come into their lives that the world will never be able to give them. God wants them to God wants the world to experience that through you. And you can't do it on your own. It's going to take that whoosh. It's going to take the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to fill you with love and peace and joy and patience beyond anything you can manufacture on your own. There's a book that I've been encouraging some of you to read through this series called The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. And he said in that book at one place, he said, Too many Christians live a dull, powerless brand of Christianity, completely at odds with the picture of the vibrant, overcoming, advancing church in the book of Acts. But if you will open yourself up fully to the Holy Spirit, he will give you what you need when you need it. There are so many people today, people who love God, who have accepted Christ into their lives, but who aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. Whether because of a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding or because of some teaching that someone gave a long time ago that said, oh, you're not supposed to believe in that kind of stuff. That's, that's crazy emotionalism. Or maybe because of apathy. Just a lack of desire, a lack of hunger or thirst for more of God, for more of His Spirit. Or maybe it's, a, maybe it's a, a fear. A fear that maybe you might pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit and He might not come alive in your heart the way you're hoping or expecting. Or a fear that He will and you don't know what to expect. Right? I don't know about you, but I do not want to live a life any longer that is explainable without the Holy Spirit. I don't. I enjoy living my life anticipating how he might show up and do something in my life that I can't explain. I want to be more and more dependent on the Holy Spirit just to make it through the day and to be used in the ways that God wants me to be used. I need to tell you something about myself. Be honest a moment. I can't muster up love for other people the way I need to without being filled with the Holy Spirit. I can't. The love that I can give you on my own is kind of lame. There, I, there's no ability inside of me to manufacture peace. Not the kind of peace that I need to live my life. I can't fake joy. Not in front of you or anyone else. I need, I have come to realize in my life over these last 20 plus years, I'll just put it that way, how badly I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit over and over and over again. Because this world, this life, my own sins, my own faults, my own shortcomings are constantly quenching the Holy Spirit in my life. And my lifeline is to do as I did 20 year, plus years ago and say, God, I'm done doing this on my own. I need you. I need more of you in my life. I pray this morning 
that you will have that same hunger. That God will help make you so aware of your need for him. For his spirit in your life. In situations that you can't handle well in your own strength. May we be a church, a community that is constantly seeking each one of us to be yielded and surrendered and filled with the Holy Spirit. Not pilot-like Christians. Not a people content with being touched by God once as if that's enough. But a people genuinely thirsty, wanting more of Him constantly. Every time we are depleted or living in our own strength, that we would pray for God to fill us once again. Regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey this morning, this is one thing that I do know. God wants to fill you with more of His Holy Spirit. He wants you to welcome Him into your life. He's not going to force His way in. He's not going to force an experience on you. He's not going to enforce this power upon you. But if you're thirsty, if you long for it more than you long for food and water, if that thing gets stirred up in you where you're like, you know what, I'm tired of doing this life the way I'm doing it. I want to be doing it with more of God in my life. God says, I will be more than happy to fill you again with my spirit. He wants to empower you, whether it's, he wants to fill you, whether it's the first time, the second time, or the hundredth time, and empower you to live this Christian life to the fullest, to, to live it the way it was meant to be lived, to live it in such a way that the fruit of the Spirit is just constantly flowing in your life, and not just in a way where you know it's happening, but everyone around you sees it, that they see that there's a piece of God that's in you that they can't figure out how to get in their own, that they see that there's a love in you that isn't just a selfish manufactured kind of love but it's something more genuine and real and something that they want for themselves maybe it's patience or gentleness or goodness or self-control all these things galatians 5 talks about these fruit of the spirit they come into our life not because we work hard at it but because we throw up our hands before god and we say god I want more of you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. As you consider welcoming the Holy Spirit into your life in this way today, consider what, young, what one young woman did to ask for more of the Holy Spirit in her life and how this impacted her. Take a look at this. When I first became a Christian, I thought, this is it. I've arrived. And someone had to explain to me that actually this is the beginning. It's like when a baby's born. It's not the end. I mean, it's a wonderful moment when a baby's born. But we don't say, well, that's it, we're all finished here. It's just the start, the beginning of a new life. When I was 16, I went along to church and the guy at front was praying for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that they can make a difference in their lives. And it seems strange now, but a lady had a sense that God was saying to me that I would be a light in the media. So this lady prayed for me, and at that moment, I experienced the Holy Spirit in a really physical way. It was amazing. My, um, my hands were shaking, and I just felt a real surge of energy through my body. And it was kind of like a heat, but cold at the same time. It was like a cool heat coming out of my hands, and I could just sense God's Spirit 
gushing over me and it just confirmed what the lady had been speaking about and I felt really excited about what God was going to do with me and I realised that he actually had a plan for me and now looking back at the last 16 years I have been working in the media and I can totally see how God's promise has come to pass in my life. The Holy Spirit lives in every Christian. Every one of us has gifts and the idea of a community is that we all use our gifts. We're all supposed to be involved. It's when we all use our gifts that the church comes alive. The Spirit of God gives us power and Jesus said, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. This is how the church grows, when we tell other people what we have experienced. The Spirit of God was there at the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1 and he's here right at the very end in Revelation 22:17. The Spirit and the Bride, the Bride of Christ, say, Come, and let those who hear say, Come. Let those who are thirsty come, and let all who wish take the free gift of the water of life. And that's the invitation. The invitation is to everyone. The Spirit and the Bride, that's the church, say, Come. Come and experience God's love for you. Come and experience this intimate relationship. Come and have this deep experience of God's love. Come and have access to the Father, the Spirit, helping you to pray and understand the Bible. Come and be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Come and be united with the global church. Come and experience the gift of the Spirit and the power of God, giving you a desire to tell other people about Jesus. God wants to fill every one of us with his spirit to receive the free gift of the water of life. And that's the promise for you. Some people are longing for this. Some are not so sure that they want it. And if you don't feel that thirst, then you can pray for God to give you a thirst because God takes us as we are. And when you have that thirst and ask, God will give you the free gift of the water of life. encourage you this morning if um, God's speaking to your heart and you had this hunger or this thirst inside of you to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit to just join me in prayer this morning uh, would you pray with me Heavenly Father we come to you today and we thank you that we can experience the life and the power of the Holy Spirit each and every day Lord for many of us we, have, we live our lives we trying to do the best we can, trying to be disciplined and read our Bibles and, and go to church and, and pray and do these things, Lord, because we, our heart is that we want to know you more. But, Lord, the world and life just gets in the way so many times. God, we want more of you. If you're here today and you would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I just want to encourage you as a sign of openness to God, maybe just hold your palms out in front of you so that it's just between you and God, you're showing God, God, I'm, I'm open. I'm, I want to receive more of you. And just uh, and pray with me. Heavenly Father, I, I come to you this morning and I confess that I need you. I hunger and thirst for a more vital relationship with you. I admit that I have been in control of my life, and as a result, I've, I've sinned against you at times. God, I've, 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 things have gotten in the way. 
But I thank you that you ha- that the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead has the power to fill me today. So Holy Spirit, I ask in this moment that you would fill me. That you would fill me to overflowing. That you would remove all of those things that aren't of you. Those things that get in my way. Lord, I want to experience you for who you truly are. I want to be empowered to live this life the way you want me to live it. To do those things that fear might cause me to run away from. I want to be filled with your gifts in such a way that I can share Christ's love with Tucson and the world. So that I can share Christ's peace with Tucson and the world. Lord, I ask that you would empower me today to live the life that you have called me to live. And I start, Lord, right now by surrendering. I just want to encourage you this morning to trust what God is doing in your heart. God says that uh, if you ask good gifts of me, will I give you a, a stone or a rock? I will give good gifts to you when you ask of them. Trust this morning. If you've placed your heart out before God, if you've asked for him to fill you, maybe you feel something right now, maybe you sense the Holy Spirit on you, Sometimes God does that, and we, we, we know that to be true because we've see, we see those examples in Scripture. But sometimes God comes, and that presence is so gentle, so calming, so quieting, that we don't even recognize that He's filling us. But we can trust that He is. And Lord, we thank You for that filling today. We thank You for what You are not only doing in our lives today, but what You're going to do because of this filling. In Jesus' name.